one, four, and five here in just in a minute. And uh, uh, let's see right here where I'm at here. Trying to get my water here lined out. Yeah. Oh, come right on up here. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I got one down here. Yeah. I just want to say I feel like the Holy Spirit just because I believe in handling the word of God correctly. And I just want to say that the Holy Spirit reminded me and checked me after I left from speaking this that I shared during our praise and worship time from Luke 10. But I also felt like the Lord was also sharing with me um, from, no, I'm sorry, I was sharing from Luke 9, I believe. Let's see. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me also about Mary and Martha, too. And because I believe in handling the word of God correctly, I want to repent to you that I did add a scripture from another previous place when I was sharing. And I just feel the Holy Spirit wanted me to publicly to repent to that. So um, I was sharing two different scriptures. I was getting two Marys from the word mixed up. And so but I just felt strongly because I believe in that. I believe that we're accountable for the word and I want to handle the word correctly. And so I just could not go on for another second (laughs) without sharing that. I do believe that the Holy Spirit was speaking from that scripture this morning, but I was adding a scripture from another part of Luke and also talking about another Mary. And I just, I felt strongly from the Lord. So I just want to repent to you on behalf of that, that I got my Marys mixed up, and I do apologize. So, thank you. Amen. And the last Sunday of February in the evening, you'll get to hear her. She's going to release the word to us. Amen. Hallelujah. And you're going to have uh, Curtis Davis uh, doing praise and worship that day too with us. So, yeah. Now, that wasn't Mary Mary the singing group, right, Dina? That was just Mary Mary. Right? Okay. <laughs> if you don't know Mary Mary, it doesn't matter. Hallelujah. I want to talk for just a moment. Um, I told Pastor Roger, I said, I know it's going to be a good day. I said, my, my printer uh, done half my pages, and then it scribbled the other half, and then it wanted to erase the, the bottom half. And, and uh, so we're just going to kind of let God be God. I'm just going to kind of preach on my spirit a little bit today, okay? Um, it. I want to talk about the desire of His will. I know a lot of times we, we, we all have prayers, and there's nothing wrong with prayer, and we, we need to petition prayer, and, and we need to. But if, if we don't understand the desire of His will and what that truly means is, there's two things that's going to happen. Is we are going to get weary in the journey, and number two is we're going to get to a place of being weary that when something that looks like it should be, but it's really not, we're, we're, we're going to step out on that, and sometimes it takes us down a road that we don't want to go on. And usually what happens in situations like that is, and don't raise your hands because we've all been down this thing right here. We've almost said, well, I've prayed and prayed till I'm tired of praying. It doesn't seem like nothing's happening. Amen. And then discouragement starts coming. We don't call it discouragement, but we don't press in to God like we used to. Or we stepped out in an area we really thought God was really telling us to, and we found out it wasn't really what I thought it was. Or an outcome came different than what we had scripted in our mind, and when it does, it takes all the, all the energy out of us. And we've all been guilty of that, ladies and gentlemen, but <clears throat> I saw a phrase the other day. I'm, I'm a church sign reader. I don't know if you all read church signs, but I, I drive a lot and I travel a lot, and I always read church signs, and I, 
I saw this church sign the other day with a phrase on it that said this, and it was really kind of a question, actually. It said, did you continue to bring Christ out of Christmas? I thought that was a valid question because we've, we, we, we have, around Christmas time, I don't care where you're at, everybody is loving and giving, and they're thinking of buying presents, and they're putting all the decor up and everything, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it, it seems like that uh, once uh, the commercial side shoves that out and starts shoving Valentine's Day in, it seems like we've shut that door on truly what Christ and Christmas means, and we've stepped into the next commercial holiday. Sadly, that's got into the churches. He wasn't just a little baby that was born in a manger that is cute. He was born for a particular reason on an assignment. And he's not coming back as that little baby, but he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He was born where he is or where he was at the time he was and the place he was for God's plan to be like it needs to be. We have all these things, why this and that happened, but God is a God of very much detail. So when it says, uh, did you bring Christ? That actually what it's saying is, did you, the Christ brings the anointed one, the chosen one. So when you put all the Christmas stuff up and you sit in all the cards and you looked under the present, did you let the anointing of God, did you let the chosen one continue on in your life? Because without that anointing and without him, ladies and gentlemen, we are not going to make it. We are not going to make it. We can do so many good things and we can have so many of this, but without the anointing of God in our life, it's not going to work. I can't. I walked in somewhere the other day and they had, uh, they had, had the whole aisle plastered full of, and it wasn't a Walmart, but they had a whole aisle plastered full of Valentines and um, the... Um, the guy was putting it out. I said, uh, uh, my lens, I said, uh, I, I think I fell into a heart factory because they had heart stuff everywhere, you know. And he just kind of looked around at me and he was serious. He said, yeah, and you ought to see the Easter stuff I got back there that they're trying to get me to put out already. See how commercialized we've got stuff. And the sad thing is we don't realize we've done that, but we've let that crept over into our walk. Christmas, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Christmas is every day. Christmas is every day. And that's the only way this world's ever going to see the anointing of God when we know how to walk Christmas 365 days. It's more than that tree and a present underneath it. It's about an assignment of a Savior that came into this world that laid everything aside to come in here because we needed a risen Savior. Amen? Amen. That's the best present you can ever get, ladies and gentlemen. Did you ever get the orange and the, and the peanuts and these kids and the sack? How many ever got them? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I know what that was. Yeah. But I want to tell you what, when I finally learned who Jesus was, I don't know about you all, but I sat and cried for a week because I truly knew how many times I had rejected the best gift that was ever paid for was, and was free to me. And I kept pushing it back because I couldn't see how I needed it. And it was because my eyes was on people that didn't know how to walk into Christmas. But when I finally got that all straightened out, I realized the best Christmas I ever had was every day with Jesus. So the anointing, the question we have daily, 
is this right here. Have we daily picked and chosen the anointing of God to flow in our life, to fulfill His plan, His way, and working through each one of us? See, that's a valid question, ladies and gentlemen. Have we truly allowed His plan, His way, to working through each one of us? That's a very valid question. This place right here has an assignment on it. Amen? Amen? Come on, come on. See, the devil has, has hit us pretty hard. And, he, and what he wants to do, he wants to take your joy and your, and your drive out of it. But what you have to do as individuals, you have to let that anointing in you rise up and say, you know what, if I'm the last one standing, I will not bow. I will continue to press into the things of God. Amen? Because this is a valid question that we have to ask ourselves no matter where we're at. Why do we do what we do? I hope your answer is this. I do it because I want to be in the presence of God. I do it because I want others to know the anointing of God. I do it because I know that the El Shaddai is the only one that can change things. And if we're not that way, when circumstances change around our life, it's going to adjust how we see the Christ in Christmas. Very few have ever wanted what's actually between salvation and heaven. Did you ever stop and think about that? I was talking to an individual the other day, and I asked them this question, have you ever thought about what's between salvation and heaven? They said, no, I really never have. I said, see, so many people think, well, I just get saved and I'm going to heaven. Well, honey, there's a little more to that. There's an assignment that each one of us have to impact lives. But in that, there is also a thing called letting his will come into our life to the point that where our will becomes decreased and his will becomes increased. That sounds so easy, but ladies and gentlemen, that is the hardest, hardest thing. Yeah, I, I will say this. I said this to a family member the other day. They, I said something to them and and it wasn't none of my, my kids say this to me all the time, but it wasn't none of them. They said, you think that everything needs to be done a certain way or it's, or it's not done right. And I said, no, I don't think that at all. I said that what makes you mad is, is when I challenge you, it opens up the disobedience on your side and you know you're disobedient, so it's easier to come back at me and say, I didn't press in like I should have because I didn't want it to cost me what it was going to cost me. I said, that's the truth of the matter. Because I will not never challenge you on anything that I know is not doable. But I do know one thing. Sometimes the things that God asks you to do in your flesh, it's going to be ouchy. It's going to be ouchy, ladies and gentlemen. And I know sometimes it, it, it costs you. Sometimes it costs you sleep. So, 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 sometimes it... It costs you a lot of things, but, it, but it's going to be an ouchie. But the anointing of God has a cost. If it was not a cost, then what, what does the Bible say? How, 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 how many are called, but how many are chosen? Few are chosen. There's something about that. Now, I want to hang on just for a moment as we get here. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5 says this. They've got it up there. It says, according as he has chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world. We visited this scripture here a couple weeks ago. So I want you to know right now, ladies and gentlemen, before 
mom and daddy ever thought about coming together and before you even was birthed into this world, Jesus said, I have chose you and I have preordained you and I have set you aside for this. So that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Number five says, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good will of his pleasure. Predestined walks with a cousin called foreknowledge. Meaning the plan of God is preordained path for his purpose long before any of us ever understood it. Can you, under, can, can you get that down in you right now? I want you to say that with me right now. Say, God has a plan for my life, and that's the way I need to walk. Now, you know how simple that sounds? It sounds so simple, your flesh will fight it. You, you want me to tell you, you know what I'm saying? Just let the Lord tell you you need to go over and forgive somebody, and you'll say, you know what they did to me? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Years and years and years ago, the Lord had me call somebody up and tell them that I was sorry. And I said, Lord, I did not do anything to them. But I had a hard spot in my heart on them. And the minute I went up there and told them, I said, I'm sorry if I've ever done anything to you, and I'm sorry if you took things wrong, I didn't see the skies open up. I didn't see nothing. But as I walked out of their place and as I'm heading to my car, I heard the Holy Spirit tell me this. Now I can work on you because your heart is open. I've seen God moving so many. See, there's something about when we have something on our heart that kind of calluses it. It's something about that that takes an open heaven and it puts a cap on it. That's why he said you need to walk with me in love. It doesn't mean that we're always treated fair. It doesn't mean that we're treated justly. It just means that, God, I choose to let you handle my affairs. Can you say amen? Because discouragement will cause this very easily. And the devil knows how to get discouragement on us. How many's prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for something? And you've never seen it happen yet. Amen. Amen. See, if you don't stay into the spirit, we're going to look here a minute. If you don't stay onto the spirit side of that, you will get weary and even in praying the way you used to pray because you're not seeing the outcome. And the devil will make sure you see everybody else have an outcome that you've been praying for. And then this is what you start. You don't say it, but you say, Lord, I know how they are. Oh, don't raise your hand. Raise your hand. But see, then we want to start categorizing where we are with God. But God says he looks upon the heart. He looks upon the heart. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this so I can wade you in to truly, truly 2023, not only in this world, but I'm just going to talk about here in this church as sons and daughters where we need to be walking. Because... Time is short whether you want to realize it or not. Jesus is coming back, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus is coming back. And I don't know about you, but number one, we, we need to understand that we're right. But I've got family members and friends, and so do you, that need to hear about the love of, of a Savior. huh? If they don't make a decision, they're going to split hell wide open. And my assignment and your assignment is everybody that's in our path is to let them see the love of that Father. But in order for them to see the love of that Father, we have to be walking in the plan of His will for that love. Amen? Amen? 
hey, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who says, well, I know God told me to do that, but that's the problem. No. I love what Janelle said one time when we somewhere. She said, somebody asked her, said, are you going to put flowers out? And Janelle said, no, I'm, no, no. And they said, why? And she said, because every time I put flowers out, we have to end up and move. I'm tired of moving. So I'm not going to put any flowers out. <laughs> but see, the thing is, it doesn't matter if we needed to move, we would. See, sometimes I don't, I don't, I don't like to. And I know there's things you don't like to. I don't, I don't like where we're at right now. I wish Pastor Tommy was sitting right here beside me. Amen? Let's just talk real minute, okay? I don't understand everything, but I trust the Father. Amen? And there's one thing that I trust. I trust the anointing of God when it says, I have a mandate on Sullivan County and Abundant Grace Church. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to glorify the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to say, you know what? I don't know what my part is. And it may look big to you and it may look small to you, but whatever my part is, I'm going to do it for everything I can for the anointing and the glory of God. Huh? Amen? Amen. What I'm trying to tell you is, ladies and gentlemen, that weariness right now comes on people just because where we're at as a body. And we can't allow it to step in and get on us. We have to say, you know what, God, I'm going to throw all the glory back to you, no matter what it is. Because let me tell you something. No matter what you think you're doing, if God's told you to do it, it is an important assignment to the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for everybody that runs a vacuum sweeper to the keyboard players. To me, everybody, whatever God has called you to do, and you do it with everything for His glory, you are powerful into the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I stopped up at Buddies and Sandy's yesterday up there. Uh, they're, they're up there on the, this side of Covenant, and they're, and they're, they're sending hot meals out to people. And a lot of people, Dina, that me and you met when we was out on the street team up in, up in there, and they were coming up and hugging me. They remembered the prayer that we, and their lives are changing around because prayers that we'd prayed three or four years, five years ago upon them. See, people don't forget when you impact them with the anointing of God. And the thing is, they remember the things of God upon it. We understand this place called, see, our Heavenly Father designed a kingdom plan for each one of us. Before we was born, before we truly understand the verse in Matthew 26, 39, we quote it all the time. It says, my father, if it be possible, this is when Jesus was in Gethsemane. He said, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. We understand that place called Gethsemane. It was a place called oral press, a place of pressing. And you may be in that place right now today, a place that feels like it's just coming in on you. See, the relationship between the father and the son took Jesus the one that we look to, the one that is our example, to a place where he felt pressed. His carnal side felt overwhelmed. And I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but we can feel overwhelmed at times. Amen? Amen. This is where Jesus was at. He said, I'm feeling overwhelmed. The carnal and the spiritual side were more at war here in this place called Gethsemane than any other time. And you may be sitting in the house today feeling the same way. You see, you want peace, but you can't find peace. We have got to a place in America and in churches we want good feeling messages that makes me uplift. Here I am. I come in. I come all down. I need somebody to lift me up and give me an encouraging word. 
So what we've done, we have made churches theatrical performances. We want the praise band to be, to be the next the ticket box hoster of, of, of music. We, we, we want the pastor to be able to get us up and get us moving and get us going. When the only one that's going to do that is when we press into the anointing of God. That's it. I don't have enough words. Pastor Rogers don't have words. Pastor Tommy don't have enough words to carry you seven days a week. But there's something called the Word of God in the anointing that can carry you 24-7. Amen? Amen. And we've got to get back. I don't know where, we, I don't know where, where we've lost it at. Well, I do know. Because I had somebody tell me here a while back they're, they're going in, in, a different, in a different region of the United States, but, but they're going to a very large church. And I said, oh, that's good. And you know what they told me the reason they go there? I said, did God call you there? And this is the answer they told me. They said, no, we can blend in and blend out and nobody really knows. So what they was telling me is, I want to go to a place that's in my terms and I don't want to have no accountability. I looked at them and I said, I'll be praying for you. I'm sorry. They said, but we're going to church. I said, so does the devil in the Bible he's got a seat in the church I said what does that mean I said there's something about this world out here they're needing to see the Christmas of the Christ in us every day that little girl Dina I don't know if you remember her that had seizures she was up on Kent Street she was little bitty her mom and daddy come up the other day and we you probably don't because we pray for a bunch of people but she come up and she come up to me and she said, you remember men? I stared at her a little bit and I said, yes, yes, Missy, I do. And she said, remember my little girl where her little girl's probably, I don't see that high on how she'd be now, five, six years old. And she said, I want you guys to know that ever since you guys laid hands on her, she has not had a seizure. She has not had a seizure. That is the Christ of the Christmas that this world needs to see. But if we don't step in his plan and let the anointing carry us, the weariness of circumstances will overwhelm us. We will want to back off and we want to serve him from a feeling. We can't go on our feelings anymore, ladies and gentlemen. There's times I have to tell this body, get up and get to moving. Maybe you all are energetic risers. huh? I am not one of them. If you'd ask me what I'd like to do, I'd like to wake up about noon and stay up to 2 in the morning. That's just me. I hate to get up in the morning early. I don't like it. About 2 o'clock in the morning, you call me. That's like noontime to me. And I'm up. I'm up. Buddy gets up early going to work, and he'll, he'll be texting me, and he'll say, I'd seen you was up because I'd seen you was on doing stuff. Yeah, because I can't sleep. Because the Holy Spirit's got me up. But this is where Jesus was at right here. He, he was sitting there and he said, Lord, I want to do what you want to do. But I'm having a hard time right now. I'm struggling. It's weary. There's weariness trying to come on me. Because the carnal side, I know what it's going to cost me. See, sometimes that is the biggest challenge. It's not things out there that we see, ladies and gentlemen, but it's truly what the carnal man knows it's going to cost for the spiritual man to step in front and start leading. Sometimes it costs. See, the right here is called what we call God's predestined will. 
This will operate in each of our lives for His glory and for the plan of creation. These events in each one of our lives, they're unchangeable. They're unconditional because they have been ordained by God even before the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ was born to fulfill the assignment He fulfilled. He was born in a manger to be raised up and to be called in at 33 years of age to be the Savior for mankind. Can you say amen? Now whether He knew that to full time or not, the bottom line is, is when it was time for Him to step into His fulfillment, He had to step in. It doesn't mean that he liked it. It doesn't mean that he wasn't warned against it. But he said, Father, your plan is greater than my desire. He said he will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah, yeah, we know that. But the desire, if you really want to know what, I can't remember the Greek word right now. It doesn't really matter. Uh, it's, uh, I, just, I can't remember. It just slipped me. But really, when you look into the Greek word, really what desire means is this right here is passion. And really what God was saying is right there, the passion for me to be with you is greater than the passion of what I want. Can you say amen? Are you willing to actually tell God that today? If it costs me everything, my passion is to be with you more than anything, first and foremost. I got a good friend on the east side of Indianapolis. They're, they're up in, in, oh, I don't know, 65, 70, but... They've both been widowed for several years, and, and so, but they just recently got married, and I was talking to him the other day. I was over on that side of the state and, and uh, asked him how his wife was doing, and, and he said, uh, you know, he said she kind of took me off guard when we was going to the wedding vows, and I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah. He said, she looked at me, and she said, now, you know you always be second in my life. And he said, oh, really? He said, well, who's first? And she said, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus said, I just want you to know that you're always going to be second in my life. He said, I grabbed her and he said, God, thank you. Thank you for a woman that's going to walk hand in hand with me. See, when you understand the anointing and the assignment of God, you don't care to, say, to take second to the one that you need to be following anyway. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what I always tell Janelle all the time. I said, if I got to go buy you a big old fancy diamond ring and a bouquet of flowers to tell you I love you, I said, hey, we already in trouble. Huh? We're already in trouble. You know, we might, we might get drive through McDonald's and park over to the side, but we're still okay. We're still okay. Amen? Hallelujah. See, the other side is God's desired will. God's desired will for each of us is to have salvation, to sit, to sit in the place that we have baptism, to understand the serving of others, to live in a life of prayer, and to display that character, the fruit of the Spirit. That is the, the God's desired will. But that comes with a choice from each one of us, ladies and gentlemen. We have to want to pursue that passion to have that into our life. We have to pursue the passion of salvation. We have to pursue that passion to let others see the Christ of Christmas in us. We have to pursue the passion of that. But that's the the side that we have control over. Now the outcomes are different. Oh, you don't understand. How many times did you know God was calling you one way and you resisted Him and tell me how peaceful it was for you? It wasn't peaceful, it was living hell. See, we can make a choice, but the outcome we walk in is not always great. But there is a side of God that has a will, His predestined will no matter what we do. Let me tell you something. One out of one is going to die. Right? 
One out of one's going to die, and we're either going to go to heaven or hell, but that is determined on the decision that we make. Well, I know all this. I'm going to tell you what, you might know it, but there's a world out here that doesn't. There's a world out here that know that there's two Marys in the Bible. There's a world out here don't know that there's a Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. There's a world out here don't know that there's a red letters in that Bible. There's a world out here that don't know that Jesus forgives all their sin and it's paid for. There's a world out here that doesn't know that, that no matter how low you go, it's just one turn around to Jesus. There's a world out there don't know that. But we do. So if we do, then our voice needs to be telling them about a hope that they didn't know they had. And it's paid for. See, they think Christmas is over, ladies and gentlemen. The tree's all in, put up. We've took the lights down. And, well, it depends on who you live to. I, I got a guy down the road from me It's Christmas all the time because he never takes them down. That's side. That's another story. That's Paul Harvey, page two, okay? But there's people out here to realize that Christmas is still going on. That there's a present that they haven't received yet. That there's a present that was paid for them. That there was a present that even in the midst of their hell, God said, I paid this for you and I want you to have it. They don't even know that it's got their name on it. They don't even know that it's offered to them. But if we will let the Christ and Christmas walk with us, we'll be able to tell the world out here about a risen Savior. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I, I, I was up uh, praying with Pastor Tommy uh, day Sunday, Friday, maybe Thursday, I was up there, and I went down to get me a coffee, and the lady that was working the cash thing right there, I, I just looked at her a minute, and I said, how you doing today, dear? And she said, well, I said, is it one of them Mondays like, like this is Wednesday and it's still Monday? She said, you understand it? And I said, oh, I have them all the time, I have them all the time. And I just looked at her a little bit, and I didn't stop and get the Bible out and everything, but I just looked at her and I said, Lord, I just pray peace on my sister here today. And, and I just pray, Father, dear Lord, that the residue of you would come on her in such a way, that, Father, that she would understand that she's very valuable to you. And then she looked, she looked up at me, she had tears in her eyes, and I said, ma'am, I said, I just want to let you know thank you for what you do. Thank you. I'm so thankful for what you do. And she said, thank you very much. I was in there the next day. I was in there the next day, and I went down to get a coffee before I left. And you know what that lady did? She came out from by her she yet, and she said, Hey, preacher, how you doing? You know why? Because the Christ and the Christmas and the anointing of that prayer impacted her life, and it made an impact. She remembers who Jesus is. See, all we got to do, ladies and gentlemen, well, did you feel out of, out of place? Well, you know, yeah, sometimes I do, but you know what? As long as they see him, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You want to know the why we won't let the Christ and the Christmas go out there is because we're more concerned how it's going to make us look than how they're going to receive him. So that's why we have to get into his will and not our will. And his desire needs to be our desire. We need to have the passion for him. Hallelujah. So here we're coming down through here. And Revelations 3, 7, it says, takes us to one of the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And it says that the messenger of the church of Philadelphia writes, the one who is holy, the one who is true, who has the key, and I want you to realize that, who has the key of David, who opens a door that no one can shut, and who shuts a door that no one can open. Now that word holy there means set apart, 
Isaiah 40, 25 reminds us to whom they can you compare me, who is my equal, asked the Holy One. means, can you set me apart in your life to why I'm everything? And I want you to understand when he says he holds the key, that is a single word right there, meaning he holds the master key to everything in our life. There is so many times in this world, and sadly even the churches, we look to people and to things that we think can open doors and get us places. But the bottom line is he gives us the keys, which is many. We'll see down here in just a little bit. But I'm going to tell you what, his master key overrides them keys. So we got to realize there's something about when my key gets in line with his will, he takes his master key behind me and he says, we're going through these doors. There's something about walking into the desire of God. See, many times in the walk of life, we want the treasure of the inspired word, but we do not want the experience of walking in that word. Walking in God's word, ladies and gentlemen, is an experience. And sometimes it is an experience that will cost us. How, are you willing to let the word of God be a costly in your life? Sometimes you have to walk when you don't want to forgive i seen a guy's bumper sticker there today. I'm a bumper sticker reader too, okay? Some of them I have to shake my head and say, Lord, don't let that stay up there no longer. Because they're just saying, well, I'm not going to go there. But anyway, this, this is what it said. And I kind of giggled. I said, okay, Lord, I get it. I said, you're, you're kind of talking to me now, aren't you? It said, if I had not let God handle a lot of my problems, I'd be doing prison time right now. I thought, okay, Lord, you're talking to me, okay? <laughs> well, oh, I'm sorry. Maybe you all don't think that way. I'm sorry. But I just, I'm just telling you the real side of me. Sometimes I have to say, Lord, I'm going to let you handle this. Sometimes there was a time my, my flesh warred against that. No, you need to rise up and do this. But over time, I have learned to say my desire, my passion, is to have him alive in my life in such a way that I'm going to let him handle my affairs. So here we go down through here. It says the Holy One, Matthew 16, 18, 9 says, And I say also to thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against. So God is the one that builds anything that has the anointing upon it. It's not man. It, it's, it's, not a, it's not a geographical place. But God is the one that will build the church. God is the one that puts the anointing on it. And verse 19, he says, he says, And I will give unto thee the keys. So there's more keys there of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. See, when we get into the will of God, he holds the master key to unlock the doors, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes the things that we thought we had keys for and prayed for, we ought to be thankful they didn't open. Now, I'm not going to ask you. I'm just going to make this statement. I want none of your hands to go up. But how many of you are married to somebody that you didn't start out with in high school and the one in high school you thought that's the one he's going to be married to? But God took you a different way. Don't raise your hands. We don't want any divorce or counseling tonight. I'm just telling you. The reason I'm telling you that is now when you look back and you said, oh, I know this is the one I need to be with. This is the one I need to do this right here. Look right here now. Aren't you thankful for what God given you now? Huh? So sometimes we pray for good things, we think, but the keys we got does not allow the master key to unlock it because God says, you don't see my perfect plan in my plan for you. 
How many times have you prayed for jobs? How many times have you prayed for a lot of things? I remember Roger when we was praying for Marilyn. My key was to have her get up and walk out, walk with you. God said, my master key is not going to fit with yours. Because that's not my plan. And still to this day, my, my friend, I don't understand it. I don't. Was our faith lacking? No. Was we doing something wrong? No. Were we doing everything right? Yes. But the thing is, God held the master key back here. And he said, I know you don't understand, but my key is not going to fit with your key today. Because my plan is greater than your will right now. Them's tough words, ain't they, ladies and gentlemen? And we've all sat at the bedside and we've all prayed for family members. And sometimes God does step up and say, look, yeah, my key's going to go there with yours. But what about if it doesn't? Can we still serve the passion for him? I applaud you, Roger. You're a tribute to your family, my friend. And I applaud you, my friend. I love it. I love that man. I, I text him all the time, and he texts me back. But the next day, you know where I seen that man? In the house of God, giving God glory. He said, things didn't turn out the way I want, but he said, it doesn't change who you are. That was an inspiration to me, buddy. Thank you. There's an example. If you ever want an example in front of you, right there's an example, ladies and gentlemen. He held a key that said, you give me the keys to loosen and bind, and you've told me to stand on things, and I'm going to stand on that. And we had people standing on that, and we looked around, and it wasn't that God didn't love us. God just said, my master key's not going to go with yours today. My master key's going over here. Did we understand that? No. I still to this day don't. But I can guarantee you what, you get a hotline up there right now, Marilyn would tell you one thing, leave me where I'm at, guys. See, sometimes our passion of the desire doesn't see the fullness of who God truly is. Romans 8.27 says this right here, that he holds the master key, and it says, and, what, and he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, there's sometimes, even with all of our harbor nudies, with all of our whatever, the only thing that is going to take us where we need to be is the Spirit of God and giving us revelation. Can you say amen? Amen. Hang on a minute, just with me, just for a minute. When we look at 826, it also tells us in Romans that likewise the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. These two verses together is telling us that as God timing and the will of His plan, the Holy Spirit will help us in our weakness. He will help us in our areas of physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional weakness as we're trying to walk through the things we don't understand. Can you say amen? It's okay to tell God, hey, I'm a little weak in that area today. Hey, it's okay to tell God, I'm kind of feeling off today on this. It's okay to tell God, you're going to have to touch me in this area today. It's okay to tell God I'm a little upset in this area. You need to help me today. Can we just be honest with God today? I was reading a thing here back, the great England evangelist John Wesley. Many of you have heard him. I, I love reading stuff about John Wesley. He was asked one time, the, if the will of God always happens, then why are we to pray? 
And he answered this way. He said, John Wesley replied, Give me a hundred preachers who fear nothing but sin, but desire nothing but the passion of God, and care not whether they are be a clergyman or a layman, when our relationship gets to this level, they alone will shake the gates of hell and set the kingdom of God up here on earth. That, my friends, is where we need to be. Ezekiel, I want to read it as we close right here. You still got a little bit. I just want to read right here. You, you, just a little bit. I, got, I said 1 through 10, but I will probably just go a little bit down through here. But in Ezekiel 37, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass among around them all. And, and there was a man in the open valley, many in the open valley, and they were very dry. And he said uh, to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, you know. And he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, I'm not going to go on, but if you go down to there... There was shaking and everything. But the thing that I want to bring out right here to you is right here. The first thing that he did right there, stop. The hand of the Lord was upon him. The hand of God, it says over in John, that God is a spirit. In order for us to understand areas that God takes us in, we have to allow that the Holy Spirit to be upon our life. Can you say amen? And that only comes by having time spent with him and saying, see, we, we, we sing that whole welcome Holy Spirit, but can, can I just be truly honest with you? The Holy Spirit is always here. We just have to grab a hold of him. Can you say amen? If the Holy Spirit is always here, we, we just have to tell him to come in. See, the Spirit means to step on board with what's going on. The other thing that, that, that I love right here, as you go right here, and he carried me out in the Spirit and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. Sometimes what we see in the natural, we can't see it unless we let the Holy Spirit take us into a place to show us really what's going on. Can you say amen? See, sometimes when we start understanding the Holy Spirit, He'll show us how to pray, even in ways we don't want to pray. But I love right here what He said right here, as you go on right here. And, and He caused me to pass among them and around Him, and they were many in the open valley, and they were very dry and he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Oh God, only you know. See, right there he's saying, Look, I don't really want to be accountable for this. I don't really want to answer this, Lord. I want you to tell me what's going on. And what did the Lord tell him? The Spirit of the God was upon him. And this is what he said, as you all know, right down through there. And, and, and bones live. And the Lord said, Oh God, you know. And he again said to me, Prophesy over these bones, meaning this right here. You be my mouthpiece in this side of time because the anointing of God is upon you. But see, the Spirit, the hand of God, showed him things that the natural couldn't see. All he done was seen something that didn't see no hope. All he saw was something that had been but was no more. But God walked him around in there and he said, can these bones live? And he tried to step back in the car and he said, oh Lord, only you know. And God stood right back up to him and he said, oh you know, prophesy. Let the Spirit speak out of you. Prophesy. Speak what I'm showing you. Speak what I'm showing you because I'm showing you my will. I'm showing you my desire. Don't let discouragement, don't let no hope, don't let, don't stop here because I'm taking you by the, I'm letting the Spirit take you around and show you. 
But I need you to prophesy to them and tell them to get up. And what does it say down through there? It said that they got up and when he prophesied to them, I prophesied and commanded them and prophesied and there was noise and there was shaking and things started coming together. See, there's something about when we step out of our will, let the passion of his plan come into us and let the Holy Spirit show us really what's going on, whether we really want to see it or not. And say, God, I love you. There's one thing I remember. I remember, Roger, when Marilyn was graduating home, I watched family members circle her and praise to their king, sing praises to their king. What an honor, my friend, what an honor. With tears, your mama with tears, you were singing praises to God, buddy. Because you know that she's in your future. That this is the, can we say, God, I trust you today? Can you say, God, this is where we're at right here, ladies and gentlemen. How many of you say, I need to spend a little more time with God so the revelation of the Holy Spirit can come on me because I've been making too many adjustments by what I see and what I feel, and I know God is trying to tell me different. Don't raise your hand because that is where we're at today, today. We want bang-up messages. Woo! Give me Cadillac. Give me this. Make me, make me feel good. Make me do this. But we're in a war out here, ladies and gentlemen. We're out here in a war. We're in a war for our lives. We're in a war for our family. We're in a war. Satan don't care if you live to be 100 years old or 10 days or 50 years old. What he does not want you to do is to walk into the will of God, and he does not want you to step into a king of kings and the lords of lords heaven. And he's going to do everything he can to me and you and everybody else to make sure that our mouthpiece doesn't prophesy a Christ to a world out there that's dying. That's one thing I'm so excited about sending these kids down to a place because that particular generation right now, if the devil is not after them, he's hot on their trail. Stand with me for just a moment. Can you turn something on back there? How do you know when to quit? I just quit. I love Isaiah 49, 16. says, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. That's how valuable we are to the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. We have engraved him onto the palm of our hands. I know where we all are at in here today. I ask it every time, though, but I'm still going to ask it. But this is not the question I want to ask you. No, I'm not going to do that. I, oh, just, just raise your hands a minute because I guarantee you this is for every one of us. I want you just to, I'm going to pray just for a minute and I just want you to just talk one-on-one -on -one with God. Father, as we stand in here, Father, with our hands raised, Father, the weariness, Father, of sometimes of just walking that walk, the weariness, Father, of sometimes of praying that prayer, Father, the, sometimes just the weariness, Father, dear Lord, of just time. Father, today we want to rest in the presence of you. Father, we want the Holy Spirit, Father, to cradle us like only the Holy Spirit can. And Father, if we've got ahead or behind you, we ask for forgiveness. If we've let our feelings make decisions that was outside of your plan, Father, we ask for forgiveness today. Father, we want to walk in the oracles of you. 
Father, we want to speak what you want released, and we want to declare what's in your plan, Father. I know times, Father, dear Lord, you hold us when we're crying. You hold us when we're smiling, Daddy. But the ultimate thing is, Father, we all have a plan and a destiny. We don't understand things, Father, but we trust you. So, Father, today as we're standing here, I pray, Father, for a just a refreshing, Father. Father, as I lift my hands high, Father, dear Lord, and Father, and I surrender to you. Father, give me a refreshing that only anointing can. Give me a refreshing that only a touch from you can. Father, give me a refreshing that only the hand upon my life from you can change. And Father, today I surrender everything to you. Father, I know I'm talking about things I do outward. I'm just talking about things that I struggle inwardly with, Father. But today, it's not about who likes me or doesn't like me. It's not about who's got the right purse or the wrong purse or who I'm eating dinner with. But Father, it's about the passion of you in my life in such a way that nothing else, Father, will succeed that but the presence of you in my life, Father. And Father, today I thank you, Father, that today, Father, I'm going to become more intimate with you, Father, than I ever have. And I'm sorry, Father, that I've missed the times that you want to dine with me. And Father, I just praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.